All right, folks, welcome back to another episode of Mostly Ghostly. We have a returning guest with us this evening. One of my favorite, to be honest with you, to tell you the truth. The great, the wonderful, the powerful. Wild Trees, how you doing? I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great. Uh, yeah, I had so much fun last time. Um, we went off on this joke. We were joking about um, yeah, uh, Bigfoot being addicted to heroin. <laughs> of course. You know, it's a pandemic, man. The problem. It's a long story, but I, I encourage people to listen to that last episode. Um, yeah. I, I, I want to make a short out of it because I think that, that little section is good. But yeah, man, I've been good and I'm, uh, I'm happy to uh, be back uh, with you and Ray, as always. I got a new uh, laptop, a new camera this time. I kind of upgraded. I used to use just like uh, the, the, <laughs> the camera that just came with my um, tablet. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was just like a 720p. Now I got a, a Streamlabs camera. I noticed the color is a lot better on this one overall. So trying to step up my game and everything. You've always had a pretty impressive setup, if I must, I must say, I must say that. I got oh, thank you. I kind of cobbled it together. I have what I have here is an HGTV with this background. This guy makes these free royalty-free moving backgrounds. Yeah, yeah. And then here I have a painting my friend in college made. It's based on an Aesop's fable. Okay. Uh, I think it's the fox and the crow, and that's what I got back there. <laughs> That's about it. I'm a big fan of art, so big kudos for that. Big kudos. I was wondering what that was for a second. I know that was that was legit. I thought that might have been something digital as well, but you got some real, you got some real. Well, that's that's like, real, pay, uh, real uh, uh, paint on paint on canvas. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> yeah, Ray, how you doing down there? I see you being great as always. I'm just about over here doing. That's what I like there. I'm, you know, you know, we're gonna pop into some um some dark, you know, some dark things this evening. So you might want to turn your lights on at home. Uh this is kind of we've talked about this to some degree in the past with uh the black eyed children. And it's such a creepy the the visual, the whole vibe of it's very creepy, but we're gonna kinda expand our horizons into just not the children, but all around people in general with the black eyed deal because uh, there's all types of sightings out there. I know Wild Trees has some stuff to tell us, which is going to be some good times. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the um, the the topic really interests me of black eyed. Uh, yeah, let's just call them black eyed people because they really do come in all shapes and sizes. Uh, I've 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 collected reports from India, from Mexico. It's not just an American thing. And, uh, yeah, they're just, uh, the thing that, that unites them is that they look like people, but their eyes are completely black. And, uh, some other trends that I see is that, uh, it's never good when you interact with one. There's always a illness associated with it. Like you get very sick afterwards. And now I'm a biologist, so I study life. So to me, I, I try to look at this, uh, these black eyed people as organisms. Like, mm. uh, what kind of organism would they be? if I could fit him into the animals we already know of. And they, they definitely fit the predator um, a category, you know, so they seem to be a predator of man. Uh, and that would make sense because um, if you look at predators, they always outweigh the prey by a large amount. So you have, you know, a couple of lions for who knows how many zebras and gazelles, you know, they're always uh, the minimum. And also a lot, of, a lot of the large predators, they don't have to feed that often. You know, they're not out there every day killing something. They could just go for like weeks, days, months without eating. The reason I say that is if black eyed people are predators of humans, uh, it makes sense that they uh, they're seen very rarely. 
You know what I mean? Like, uh, we do hear about them, but it's not like, I always like to compare animals to like something we see every day, like a squirrel, mm-hmm. you know, a squirrel, I would say is a very common animal, at least in North America. You know, you could go probably if you wanted to every day, you could see a squirrel. If you just tried a little bit, just tried to look for one, you would find one. To me, that's an animal that's incredibly common. Uh, black eyed children, if they're animal, black eyed people, they'd be on the other end of it. It's very uncommon. You would see one, but it's very uncommon. And that kind of fits predator mode. The, the the predator kind of profile. The, the other thing is that, like, if they're predators, you know, what are they eating? You know, what are they getting from us, right? Um, I mean, there's some reports that perhaps they're feeding off of our flesh, but I think it's more likely that they're feeding off our fear or our emotions. Yeah, the energy, for sure, I think. The energy, yeah. Now, I always like to joke, there's this term out there people use called... Uh, uh, energy vampire, but I, I don't like that because it's basically, first of all, it's too cool. It's yeah. very cool. We're giving it too much credit. And what I like to use instead, I like to call them uh, uh, energy milkers or fear milkers because I think that's more what they're doing. They're not really sucking these black eyed people. They're not really sucking the fear out of us. They're milking the fear out of us. You know, they're generating it. And um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and so that's the other thing. Okay, so the first thing I was like, okay, as a biologist, what do these organisms fit into if they're real? One would be a predator. The other one, though, is a parasite. They have a lot, a lot of uh, of um, uh, similarities to a parasite, you know, sucking off, eating off of something you have, you know. Um, so, yeah, those are the – so it's, it's, it's like a weird mixture of, like, a parasite and a, a predator. Uh, the other thing is that – are they shapeshifters? You know, probably mm. are shapeshifters, I'm guessing. Um, I'm guessing they don't really look like humans. That's the thing. They, they could look like, I don't know, they just could be shapeshifters. It, it could be a form of camouflage because, once again, camouflage is one of the most common things in nature. You know, everything camouflages is itself to look like something else. You know, like a insect will try to look like a, a, a blade of grass so it could hide, Even et cetera. Humans do it with fashion, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we have, uh, you know, we have camouflage, like camo, literally, which is what, what it's meant to be. So, yeah, I, I, have, I have a feeling they don't actually look like humans. I have a feeling they are feeding on our fear. And I have a feeling that they, um, yeah, they're shape-shifting. The camouflage is there so they could get close to us. Because perhaps if they look like, if they appear to be whatever they actually look like, you know, maybe we wouldn't want to get anywhere near them. I don't know if they look monstrous or something. Yeah. Um, so at least with a person, uh, at least if they look like a person, then um, they could get a little bit closer. Uh, the other thing about, I, I've thought about how an organism can feed off of fear. Okay. So, cause it is like a weird concept, you know, thinking about feeding off of fear, but the, the truth is that when you get scared and actually well, let, let's expand it, not just fear, when you get very emotionally elevated, so this could be like happy, this could be, uh, you know, excited, this could be like sexually excited, this could be fear, okay? Whenever those things happen, it is true, your body produces more energy, okay? So like your heart beats faster, okay? So that's more kinetic energy, okay? Uh, you start sweating, okay? So your body's giving off something, sweat. Um, you're also giving off heat, you know, your body is heating up. I'm just saying that heightened states of emotion do produce more energy. Yeah. Are they feeding off of the hormones in the air? Are they feeding off the sweat? Uh, you know, is it just the energy? That I don't know. That's kind of getting into the details. And it is important. But I'm just saying, 
I think there is a foundation there for how the fear, uh, feeding on fear could work. Uh, another interesting thing here, I've been playing around with uh, a chat GPT. Are you, are you familiar, Ray and Matt, with chat GPT? I am, Ray, are you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so for people that don't know, I'm not an expert. I just started playing with it like uh, maybe a few weeks ago. But it's basically a very advanced uh, um, artificial intelligence program. It's a chat program. It basically took a lot of knowledge from the Internet, like all the books and posts and Wikipedia, websites, blogs, everything from a certain amount of time, somewhere in the 2000s, maybe 2019. It's not updated. But then it kind of consolidates it, and you could just talk to it like a person, and you could ask it to do things. And so I asked it two questions for this conversation. Okay, so one question I asked it. I'll go ahead and read what it told me. So I asked ChatGPT, I said, is it possible for an organism to feed on fear? Okay, this is what the computer said. It says, uh, as of my last update, which was in September 2021, so that's what I was talking about, uh, there is no scientific evidence supporting the idea that an organism can directly feed on fear itself, while fear is an emotion, it, while fear is an emotion that can trigger various physiological responses. That's what I was talking about: physiological responses, your heartbeat, your sweating, your adrenaline. Um, uh, there is no known organism that can sustain itself solely on, and it quotes, feeding on fear. Uh, here it goes on some more. Uh, some folklore, mythology, and fictional works may include creatures or entities that thrive on fear. Uh, but these are purely speculative and exist within the realm of imagination, not scientific reality. Organisms in the natural world obtain their energy and sustenance through various biological processes, such as consuming food. That's one. Like you and I, we literally have to take usually something that was already alive, like a plant, and yeah. take that flesh and eat it. Uh, photosynthesis. Uh, like plants, so plants actually make their own food. They use uh, soil. Photosynthesis. Uh, or a parasitic relationship, like a tapeworm that lives inside us. And yeah. uh, we're getting the food, and then it's taking the food from us. Uh, since fear being an emotional response, it's not a tangible substance that can be consumed or utilized. Oh, there he is. All right, we're back. <laughs> All right, sorry. Did we, did we go out for a little bit, Matt? We did. I, I think I did. Okay. So I, uh, I bring it back a beat. Uh, hmm. The last thing I remember, I think you were talking about consuming food like we do. No problem. It's, it's a little shaky right now. Let me. Uh, all right. Cool. 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 All right. Cool. All right. And yeah. Look, I, I noticed you're. Are you wearing? Is that Pennywise the dancing clown? It is Pennywise the dancing clown? Yeah. Yeah. So Pennywise is a, a very interesting organism from the Stephen King universe. Uh, he 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 doesn't necessarily feed on fear, but he, he does fear. 
because he he eats uh, the flesh of people, and he says that uh, when people the flesh tastes better. Uh, he says it salts the meat. So, yeah, I remember that, and I believe him. You taste so much better when you're afraid. That yeah, that's a great line. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so that's uh, that's what I think about the black eyed. Uh, people but now about um some of the uh witnesses that i talked to which i thought was very interesting yeah so uh, i talked to okay this uh this great uh show that i used to do and, and matthew i think you were on it once you were on that's how you were on uh, black lotus yep black lotus yeah ray was on as well right i remember just like a year or so ago maybe two years ago yeah um but yeah, we interviewed on that. So YouTube, go ahead and look up um, uh, Black Lotus Live, and uh, you can look up the Evan Black Eyed Children. Um, but they, we had a witness there. His name was uh, to talk to him. Um, he actually had. I, so first of all, he you can see what we talked to was really really legit. I think he was an honest guy. I didn't get any sense of you see honest guy. I didn't get any sense of like. Um, uh, dishonesty with him. Um, and what's funny is that he had two children encounters. So was uh, I think he was just driving down. I think it was Louisiana. It was one of the southern states. He was just driving down the road. And he saw them off the side of the road, and I think he was with a lady. And she's like, "Yeah, don't pull over." Or no, I'm not going to pull over. Um, but then he had a more intense road. And that's what's interesting to me. He's like a repeater, you know. Mm. He's got two of them. I wonder if, because a lot of like UFOs, people say they get multiple uh, episodes. You know, it's not just a one and two. If like black eyed children are like that. Well, basically, what he said is that two black eyed children came. To- a second, yeah. Onto, and they kept like knocking on all the windows, and they were just like acting crazy, like just trying to get him riled up and begging to get in. And then finally they left. And he, he had some for me. He was like, I wonder why, why didn't they just like break the window and get in if they really wanted to? And um, he just didn't really understand what was, the whole thing confused him. And he was just so scared by it. But from this idea that I'm not sure, it's, I'm not 100% sure it's true, but I said, well, there's a possibility that these are predators and they were feeding on your fear. And it could be that the reason why they didn't want to go in your house because they uh, didn't want to go in your house, that, that their purpose was to keep scaring you. And they could keep scaring you effectively if they were just outside your house. They kept ramping up the tension. And then I told them, well, sure, but it's possible that the reason why they left uh, finally was because they got full. They Basically, their bellies were full. Whatever they were trying to get from you, they got it. There was no more there. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm a big believer. That, in- that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, the energy yeah, it, is big. Yeah, that kind of reminds me too of just like Legend of the Vampires, where you have to let them in. You have to ask them. You have to give them permission to come in. But if they're an energy vampire, I wonder if like they don't want to go in. You know, the reason why they don't go in your house, you don't want to. Because, you know, like, if they were to go inside, maybe you'd get so scared you would pass out or something. Whereas if they keep you at that distance, you know, it's like a torture. 
They just keep milking you for your fear until they came on. Just some speculation I had on uh, what happened to Billy there. Yeah. No, I definitely get down with that. We've talked about on the show before about, like, uh, you know, if you were to latch on and, you know, you get more out of it. If you kill it, you only get that, like, that energy for a bit. But if you were to, like, latch on, then you would just continue forever to drain that power, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, another connection I was going to talk about is uh, I interviewed a guy named um, Roll, and he's got a website called uh, Subarctica Alaska Sasquatch. And uh, we did a group episode, and he was actually on the Nuyakuk River in Alaska. I think around 2016, he was with uh, his cousin and an elder on this river in the middle of Alaska. If you watch my episode with it, I'll just wild trees on YouTube. I, I just show, like, the river. You can see what it looks like. It's just the middle of nowhere, pure wilderness, nothing but, like, a forest of trees, an ocean of trees, just crazy. But anyway, he was terrorized by Bigfoot. And then during the interview, he said he was never hurt by them physically, but he he, he said – He's like, I feel like they were feeding on our fear. He's like, I, I got the impression that even the Bigfoot were trying to do that. So maybe this feeding on fear thing is a common thing among other paranormal entities, not just the, the black-eyed children. Um, I also wanted to mention the eye thing, uh, the black eyes specifically. I mean, that's where it gets to know Why the black eyes? Well, so, yeah, it's just a common saying. Everybody says the, the, the eyes are the windows to the soul. Mm-hmm. You know, it's true. I think eyes are important. I heard something really interesting. I, I heard that there was an experiment done with some strangers. And just to break it all down, basically the end of it is that if you go in a room with a stranger, you just look them directly in the eyes for four minutes. That's all you do. You mm-hmm. will fall in love with them. And mm-hmm. so they did this experiment, and a lot of strangers ended up getting married. So basically, you know, the eyes have strong connection. You know, that's what I read. So that's kind of strange. Um the saying that the windows are the, the 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 eyes are the windows of the soul. There's this weird experiment where if you just look at a stranger in the eyes for four minutes uninterrupted, you may fall in love with them. Uh, there's also the legend of the skinwalkers. So skinwalkers apparently are humans that can shapeshift in other animals and they use like you know other animal skins or whatever. But the legend that does not change is their eyes. So they keep their human eye. Okay. Another thing I want to mention is it was recently a uh, UFO sighting in a backyard in Las uh, Vegas. So yeah. this kid calls the police. He says he sees two tall, gray-looking aliens. But he mentions that when he would look them in the eye, they would become paralyzed. He would be the eyes have this, like, eye contact had this paralyzing effect. And then when he looked away, he could, like, move again. Hmm. Um, also, when little children or other people... Uh, gray aliens like uh, the Rua Zimbabwe case or the aerial case in Africa where a UFO landed and a bunch of school children saw them, uh, the, the UFO aliens. Some of the kids who actually saw the UFO or the aliens, they said that when they looked in the eyes, you know, messages and that they were just like captivated by the eyes. Um, so I'm mentioning uh, eyes, 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 because so, so let's go back to the black eyed people. So what's up with their eyes? Eyes are completely black. And it seems interesting to me. It's like, why keep the black eyes? You know, like, if you want to blend in, what kind of eye? You could have, like, a regular eye. But but it's just like the skinwalker thing. The skinwalkers are able to change everything but 
So perhaps these black-eyed people, that, that those are their original eyes. Like, they can't change. Whatever they actually look like if they are shapeshifters, perhaps they'll... Uh, what is it? The collection of all other colors coming together? I believe so, yeah. I think that is true. I have heard that. I'm wondering if it has to do do with the spectrum and the collection of light, particles, etc. Having, having to do with that, because we live in a mostly visual world, and we can rely on it a lot. Um, mm. Media, you know, streaming services, everything, and so that the together all of the energy in that spectrum right across the board and then how to use that in a way we don't know yet I do like that that is interesting yeah hmm. you brought up the alien thing I was curious what your opinion of it you know I know the skinwalker vibe definitely it has that but what if it was like an alien and it was taking the energy because you know you have these abductions and stuff and it's like yeah, you know, we don't really know what happens. We know something happens, and maybe it is something like a harvesting of energy, and uh, they come back shook up, you know what I mean? So, like, maybe that's what's going on. You know. Are you saying with the uh, abductions and aliens in general and the Las Vegas encounter? That's- well, the way, like, uh, well, even with the, with, like, with the black-eyed people, yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Because I think alien. Um, Yeah. The other thing that I haven't mentioned yet, the illness that happens afterwards. So I don't believe Billy had illness. My one witness saw the black-eyed child. But the other two witnesses from um, Mexico and from India, I don't believe they were directly affected by the black-eyed children, but somebody who saw it. Mm-hmm. And other people have reported this, that after you hang out with one, you just get violently, violently ill. Mm. Which actually is another thing that the, the skinwalkers have. Apparently, found a skinwalker, you know, and they're in their animal form. And you like, it's like a dog or something. You try to kick it or something. Apparently, it's got this like black dust on it or something. And if you breathe that in, you get really sick. But yeah, that's the same thing as the uh, the black-eyed children. Getting sick, so I'm wondering where, where does that come from? What's the deal with uh, very sick from a black-eyed child, children, or black-eyed person encountering? If we go back to the parasite thing, you know, parasites do make you sick. Yeah, they, they make you sick. That that could be part of it. Would it be possible that there might be a loop going there? They're taking your energy, and you're picking up a little bit theirs and it's not compatible oh and that, i like that and that leaves us not feeling well i like that yeah a little so, a little bit of a loop they take more than they give but the process they end up sharing a little and we can't we're out of sync with it it makes yeah i like that i like that too interesting yeah yeah because there's a connection there like you're saying like uh there's almost like a coupling, even if it's coupling, you know, like an energetic coupling, you know, 
and there there is a transfer because there is definitely well, transfer going on of energy because they're taking it from us if we're if we're to believe this thing that I'm thinking transfer but yeah I like the idea of that in that process we're also going to get some of whatever and it's not good for us yeah Yeah, oh go ahead well I was just going to say the uh, the energy deal and getting sick things goes hand in hand for sure and uh, it's it's got that ET vibe to it you know when he got around he was on earth too long and he started getting sick it's like one of those deals uh <clears throat> Maybe too much of where they come from. It's like kryptonite to us, you know what I mean? And and that 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 makes me think about the next point. Trying to delve deep into these black, where do they come from? Mm. Where do they come from? Are they uh, interdimensional? Are they extraterrestrial? Or are are they are they from Earth? You know, could they be from Earth? I I do think some of the, the story is pretty deep. It's not. I mean, the black eyed kids. I think some people phenomenon let, let me actually look i asked uh before we start talking about this i asked chat gbt another question i wanted to read on here so the other question i asked is okay so i asked i said i said uh so to chat gbt i said are there older stories of black eyed people and chat gbtc said the concept of beings with black eyes can be found in various folklore and mythology throughout history However, it is important to distinguish between the broader beings with black eyes and the specific modern urban legend of black-eyed children. It says, in folklore and mythology, there are accounts of supernatural, supernatural creatures or entities with dark or black eyes that possess eerily malevolent qualities or evil qualities. These beings are not necessarily, not necessarily children, like we said. Descriptions sometimes share similarities to modern black-eyed kids. For example, some legends include creatures like demons, spirits, or fae, beings with dark eyes, which appear mysterious or ominous. Uh, while there are older stories of entities with dark, dark eyes, the specific modern legend of black-eyed children, as described in the previous answer, I asked it earlier, later, is a relatively recent phenomenon that emerged in the 1990s. Uh, first reported account by Brian Bethel, so in the 90s, Brian Beth was the first one according to black-eyed children in our modern time. As with many urban legends and folklore, stories often serve as a cautionary tale or source of mystery and fascination, but their origins can be difficult to trace as they are often rooted in contemporary cultural context. So basically, to answer the question, there are a lot of other supernatural creatures back in history that are old, that have black eyes. So that is a common thing. Because uh, I'm trying to get to the answer of where do they come from, I originally wanted to, know, to ask. Um, but yes, yeah, since they've been around, I mean, it could be like a nature spirit, you know, a malevolent or evil nature spirit that's been around. A sorcerer. And then. You know, a sorcerer could have worked them up for like some king as part of an evil army or something. You know? That's true. These things happen. These things happen. But uh, what about you, Ray? What do you what do you think these things are coming? I tend to think it's more parallel Earth, another dimension. Okay. Yeah, I definitely get that that kind of. Vibe. I can I can see the evolution. Uh, 
of the entire. I, I believe in parallel universes. And quite often when things happen uh, that we can't explain, it's where they intersect. And if you take a civilization that's more advanced, they be able to use that to travel between them or what we would call interdimensional. I'm just, I'm just simply saying another Earth. Yes. But it could, they could be from there. And if it's an energy dominant or if it's a, a dimension or an Earth which is low on energy, they are coming here to feed. They are seeking a food source. Right. I mean, people, primitive people on this planet went out into the uh, forest and hunted animals. They saw it. And these beings from another dimension or another world are coming over here, maybe not even intentionally harming, wanting to make us sick, but they need to feed. So, I like that idea, yeah. And it makes me think that also if there are from a parallel world or a different world that are visiting us, it makes me think that perhaps in their world it is very common animals to eat off of fear mm. or emotions, you know. So that's not something that evolved planet or at least not a lot i mean it's very rare like i said the thing is, i'm a biologist chat should be true we, we currently do not know any animal that feeds on fear we have weird animals out there to feed on blood feed on all kinds of stuff but uh some animals feed on feces of other animals but not fear see a world where that is a common way of eating and so yeah like you said they're intersect and it's just like an open buffet well, the, way, the way they say humans are emotional creatures, it's almost like if, if you know, that word got out around the campfire, that's why they've come from afar to uh, tap into the greatest emotional resources around, you know what I mean? You know, that, that's a really awesome. That's really, uh, if we think about emotions in general, okay, so I, I do think a lot of things, dogs, cats, rhinoceroses, monkeys, I, turtles, snakes, I don't, some snakes probably don't have emotions. Talk about fish, probably some fish. You know, there's a gray line there. Okay, so there are organisms that have emotions, but like, what is the most emotional animal there, though? Which which is the animal that's just like constantly drenched in emotion, like every day? Which is the indication to regulate its emotions? It's only humans that do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we are a great source of that. Tasty. Yeah. You know what I mean? In a different place, you know, in a more spiritual place, that would be gold, you know what I mean? None of that raw emotion would be like uh, something to harvest, like Ray was saying. <clears throat> it's, it's interesting, too, how uh, one thing I've learned from studying the paranormal is that something I should do to improve our lives is to meditate. Like, just meditation is good. Yeah. And it's interesting how when you're meditating, what's happening to your emotions, you're basically like at an even keel. You're at peace, you know. But kind of ward off any of these vampires. You'd be starving them, you know. It's just an interesting connection. Meditation, I feel like, is a really good thing to do. A lot of people seem to push it. But then I'm thinking emotionally when you're meditating. You're just like, you're zen. You're calm. You know, you wouldn't be feeding any of energy vampires. That's very interesting, yeah. Because if you're angry or you're sad, you know, whatever the, the high emotion is, it's uh, you would be like a beacon. You know what I mean? It would be able yeah. to, <clears throat> something like that would be able to track it and trace in the, you know what I mean? <clears throat> exactly. Like I said, and, it, and it's not even that weird. Like I said, if somebody stressed out and screaming, like they, 
they will put off pheromones. So just a simple, let's just say this, you know, there's hormones that are in your sweat. Yeah. Okay, we can't smell it, but I'm sure a dog can, and I'm sure maybe other organism can, like a black-eyed person or something. They could smell it, like a shark in the smelling blood in the water. Mm. Uh, the, the other thing that's important, too, is I, I wonder, is there a different types of high emotion? Uh, like, like, let's say you're just excited. You're so, uh, you know, you just proposed to your fiance. She said, yes. You're so excited. You know, your energy's up there. You know, is that high level of energy, is there a difference to it, like, addiction-wise, than the energy you would have if you're scared, if you're afraid you're about to die? You mm-hmm. could match those energy levels. Like, you could be so excited for a good thing and so excited from a bad But nutritionally, are those emotions different? What do you guys think? That's a good question. I th- I, um, go ahead. Well, what I, what I was going to say is I believe that they're different, that if you take a lot of negative energy over a period of time, stress destroys the body. Hmm. Um, I don't know many people um, drink too much that suffer physical illness from a wedding or a celebration. And just instinctively, even though we don't have a way of scientifically measuring, you can walk into a room and you can sense different people at different degrees. You can sense the energy, but almost everybody has walked into a room going, ooh, yes, uh, someone, someone's in there, and they go, hmm, not sure about that one. Mm-hmm. Or energy going, yeah. good, and, good and bad. And we, we pick it up on a very basic level. But I definitely think that uh, if you're talking a really good energy, we on that. That is a, and when you talk about meditation, to raise your vibration level into that positive range, that happy range, that range, um, yeah, it would be the opposite of fear. Interesting. Those are, yep, those are good points. I like how you, I like how you mentioned the corrosive properties of negative chins, whereas uh, the, the beneficial properties of good energy. Uh, the, the other thing I, I want to mention also is that, see, t- t- tell me if you think this is true, Ray. And I want to hear what Matt, Matt thinks too about the original question. But just a follow up question for you, Ray, is um, I feel maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like it's so much easier to sustain large levels of negative emotion, staying large levels of happy emotion. Like, I feel like you could keep someone. I mean, I know it happens. I've just been war atrocities and been war camps, etc. It's possible to keep a human at these levels of negative emotions for a long, long, long time. Mm. And let's say something could feed off of it. I don't think that easy to do that for positive. How do you keep someone happy, like on cloud nine? Yeah. But I don't think it's as easy. Let's look at it this way. Let's say you're an inter- interdimensional being. It's easier for you to do. Keep someone happy for like weeks and weeks. Or keep somebody weeks and weeks. So I guess just to break it down, do you think it's easier to keep someone at a large level of high negative emotion than to keep somebody at a high level of pop? Same energy, just like really high, really high. Probably uh, it's harder to keep it high because you get a lot working against you for uh, 
in the, out there in the world, you know what I mean? Yeah. But um, I would tend to say that the way the world is structured, the way mankind has evolved, um, the negative is something we've become accustomed to. It's put out there. Uh, it's a good control mechanism. I mean, keeping people, keeping people frightened. There are a variety of things that you can attribute to different, uh, conditions. And a lot of it is all that negative energy. I would say if we're not receiving that conditioning, our natural state is probably positive, but we've been conditioned from through society, families, et cetera, negative, uh, has been thrown on us all the time. Don't do this. Don't do that. Be afraid of this. And it's all there different. This, and it's what we get bombarded with. I think our natural state is positive, but we become accustomed to and embrace the negative because it's what we've known so much of. Yeah, I agree with that. Like the bur- like the burdens of life. Like we talk about, like uh, you know, just worrying about. The monthly bills you have to do, like when you when you go, like that, it just lifts. Like you don't understand, I guess, how how much that stuff weighs in when uh, in situations like that. But to go back to the the question of it being like a tastier thing, like I think if it was like a negative full feet, like a negative entity, yeah, I think it would definitely feed off of uh, the the negative, of course. And uh, a positive energy thing—that's a good question too. Because like, would it be? Would it be almost something looking for something positive? You know what I mean? To try and take from like maybe uh, memories of like what it was like when they were with their family or something like that. Uh, and, and, and like a ghostly world. Yeah. Uh, for sure. You know what I mean? I think. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's uh, I, I definitely take these entities as not so great. I think these are kind of negative entities you know what i mean um and the, the taking of you know the energy is uh yeah our greatest source i think the shizzle i think that's definitely what they're here to get um and the thing with the 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 thing you brought up about like it's it's i think it's way to eat way harder to keep the happy thing than it is than uh the not happy thing you know what i mean for sure and i think that that the non-happy thing, maybe like because the happy thing's a little more rarer. I think that it's maybe is more tasty in that sense. You know what I mean? But like a like a rare, uh, a rare snail, a rare snail from the bottom of the ocean that makes you you got to pay four hundred dollars for it. Because <laughs> here's an experiment. Like, okay, let's say you're being attacked by black-eyed children. Mm-hmm. You're in your house with your spouse, and they're out the door, and they're scaring you, and they're feeding off your negative emotion okay yeah just a, this is a weird theoretical probably wouldn't happen but i'm just wondering as a thought experiment what if somehow you could get together with your person you're with and you could switch it so that you're super happy you start laughing so you keep feeding them but now you've turned it around on them you know now you're feeding them positive emotions you know uh, will they? Would the would the black eyed children still be happy? Would they still be getting what they came for? I think they'd leave. I think in a, like the positivity of it would be like the, the way religious people would be like in Jesus' mm. name, get away from my house. I think it would be almost like the same type of thing. Mm. Yeah. What do you think, Ray? Yeah, I think uh, the happy would repel them. Interesting. Interesting. So, yeah, because that that's something I'm trying to figure out. Is it? Is it just that they're attracted to the high emotions 
or is it specifically the negative high emotions? And both of you are telling me that they're specifically attracted because you get the same energy. Like I said, let's say you're, because when you get scared, you put out all those pheromones, all that heat. Mm -hmm. But when you're happy, you put off the same pheromones and heat. That doesn't change. It's just why you're doing it. But it seems like both of you are under, I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying, but both of you seem to think that these things do see a difference and they prefer the negative. They'd actually be repelled by the positive. Yeah, if we're going to talk about entities that actually go around feasting on energy, I, that I definitely say they definitely know the difference and a preference, what their preferences is for the positive and negative for sure. It, it, it's just like, like, well, witty, we all know the in and outs for the most part of, uh, you know, hot and cold food. You know what I mean? And yeah. the time and place of hot and cold food type deal. Maybe. No, it's. <laughs> It's interesting. I will mention that I, I think we don't hear about it as often. Yeah. But I think there are some paranormal entities that do that do are positive to people. Like, for instance, um, you know, there's been a lot of religious people, like in the Catholic Church, uh, saints or you know, uh, holy people. If you read the Catholic literature, that mm-hmm. had relationships with what they thought were angels, but they were positive relationships, and these angels gave them abilities like levitation or like. Uh, being able to like do all kinds of crazy things that I wonder if what we're seeing there is the a different flavor of black eyed children, the positive flavor. You know what I mean? Like this is an entity that feeds on emotions, but it's positive. Cause yeah. Cause like I said, like mm-hmm. there, 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 there are a lot of documented cases of not just religious people, but I, I just know them for sure Yeah, that have had these relationships with what they thought were angels. And it was always positive and they always felt these emotions that were positive. So I, I wonder if it's like a conditioning thing, you know, like, can you take, yeah. It sounds a little bit like there could be, there could also be some trickery in there. You know, they don't exactly have to be, you know, like they could be building up to f- make them f- feel like they're, their God, you know, and, and, you know, they're going to like some culty type thing or something, you know, some possession type vibe. I don't know. I mean, I do believe in positive and, and negative energy for sure. The, the, the black eyed, something about the black eyed people, I feel like they roll on the, the bad side of the track, you know what I mean? But, uh, it is, I, I'm still, I'm still thinking about the, 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 the tastiness of the energies. I think that's a very interesting discussion to have. You brought up a really good point of like, which would be more appetizing to them, you know what I mean? Because they're both they both peak out levels of it, but it's like one's from more of a positive place and one's from more of a negative place. And I guess it would really just have to kind of boil down to like that entity per entity, you know? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Those are some good points. Yeah. Um, if you want, I could read the the first question I asked ChatGPT just to go back yeah. about the, this one, this one I just asked it about. Um, okay. So I said, when we're black, uh, I, I kids first reported. So ChatGPT says the legend of the black eyed kids, also known as BEKs, origi- originated in the 1990s. The first known account of encounters with black eyed children was posted online in 1996 mm-hmm. by journalist Brian Bethel on a Texas based internet forum. Uh, Bethel shared a creepy encounter with two mysterious children that had entirely black eyes and exhibited strange behavior. Following this initial account, more stories and accounts uh, of encounters with black-eyed children began to surface on various internet forums and paranormal websites. 
The legend has since become a popular urban legend that has been the subject of numerous creepy stories and discussions uh, in paranormal and horror circles. However, it is essential to note that these stories are considered to be fictional and fall into the realm of modern folklore rather than a documented historical events. But yeah, so it looks like in, apparently, according to this, in 1990, this guy had a, a close-up encounter, which I think a lot of people think is legitimate, with two black-eyed kids. Um, it's very, it's very still modern, you know what I mean? It's um, like what would we, what would we, if that happened 50 years ago, what would we, what would we call that? You know, you'd be questioning almost if it's. It's very interesting this, that the first time they popped up was that. You know what I mean? I, I, the black eyed thing is it had to be going way back, way back. I feel like it's. An entity, maybe people were were afraid to say that it was some kids or something. You know what I mean? Like it just sounds like, oh, there maybe some kids playing a game on you type deal. I don't know. It's interesting because it, if it is kids doing a game, yeah. that would involve them putting on these contact lenses. Mm-hmm. I think they do sell these contact lenses that cover your eye, mm-hmm. but they're incredibly uncomfortable. I don't think you can see shit out of them. Sorry, I don't know if I could curse on here. No, no, you can't. It's all good. Okay. Uh, yeah, I don't know if you could see anything on them. And they're super uncomfortable and probably expensive. So I don't know. If I was a kid, I don't know if I'd go through all that trouble of buying these lenses and to... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. I well, I don't mean like that. I just... In the naysayer world of, like, when someone's going to go... They see it and they go, oh, I'm going to tell people that I've seen this. Yeah. They start to think, oh, well, they're just going to go, oh, there were some kids, like... Right, you got spooked, you know what I mean. And then people don't talk about it. But yeah, the fact that they, these popped up in the '90s is kind—it's of, interesting that it's so modern. You'd think something like this would be go as far back as all these tales go. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, because I mean, it's interesting. It makes it complicated that there's black-eyed adults as well as children. Because if it were just children, it would make a lot of sense to me because I'd be like, okay, they're shape-shifting to be like children because people are not scared of children. People want to help children. So that's a good way to get close to you. Right. But if you're just like an adult, if you're a black adult, that's just scary to begin with. So I don't know. It makes me wonder if there's just, you know, there's just, I wonder if there's like a medical medical condition where your whole eye turns black because you know we've talked about go if you go back further enough like the slightest little difference you have they would think you were a demon or something and that a lore could start well well they had you know you meet somebody who just happens to have black eyes and they they treat you bad so everybody you meet you got to talk about that black eye person how bad they were reputation builds. And you want to outcast the people. Why do you look so strange? They look different. They look different. They got black eyes. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just asking ChatGPT right now, is there a medical condition that causes black eyes? Okay. Uh, it's got to be probably. It's Why? really thinking. It's really thinking about it. It's processing the hell out of it. <laughs> when you said watching boombastic films, man, gives you black eyes. <laughs> <laughs> If I assume you got they go all you, there's something to make them all white, right? And then is there? I think so. I've seen the eyes; they got real milky, like really milky. Okay, that's true. Yeah. yeah um, so it's possible. I'm sure, like, there's a, some type of rotting that could happen, which is disgusting sounding. But like, the eyes turn black. Yeah, uh, they probably got get, get scooped at that point. I'm not, I'm sure though. Yeah. 
because we often talk about the werewolf brothers on the show from like the nineties who had fur all over their body when it was probably just like a birth defect or some weird, like, you know, medical condition. That yeah. Ra- it's rare, you know, and they just kind of go, Oh, they're, they're different. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, definitely. Yeah. I'm wondering about that. Well, ChatGPT, the first time I asked it, it failed mm. and now it's just taking forever. I don't know if that's a server problem. It doesn't want to answer. It doesn't want to answer. Let me just look up Google then. It knows the answer. We're not supposed to know. Now, would you gentlemen be creeped out if tonight you heard a knock at your door in the wee morning and you went to the to the eye hole, peep through the eye hole, and it was three black-eyed children, and they're just knocking, and you go, oh. You start thinking happy thoughts and hope they go away at that point. That's what you got to do. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I definitely. I would. I think I. I would ignore it. I think I said something in the past, maybe about ignoring it. Like that would have been the deal because uh, if you ignore it after a while, it would probably. It'd be almost. It'd be funny to see a frustrated ghost stomp off because it didn't get what it wanted. Well, if you want to, if you want to frustrate them, and let's say they show up as children, it's very simple. Bring out some party favors, some ice cream. Start smiling, singing songs, and see what they do. Let's find out if they're evil or not. If they start partying with you and everybody's laughing, it's cool. If they're evil, they'll they'll split. That's true. That's true. That's good. I like that. Banana split. Before the show, I was talking about a situation that happened to me not too long ago. It was nighttime. And I don't know if this falls into the the black guy and teenager children and people category at all, but I was cruising down the road. It was late. And uh a car pulled up next to me, and it was like three teenagers, and they weren't looking at me. They were looking forward, and it just was very eerie, and there was like an eerie glow about the inside of the car. And it was nighttime, but I, it was, they had like almost a light in there. We didn't exchange any glances. They just pulled up next to me, and then I pulled off. I, I looked at him. I said, I made note to myself, this is an awkward situation. I pulled off and that was that. But after the fact, I was thinking to myself, I'm like, I wonder if that was like something because it was like, it was an airy vibe there. And I do believe that, I do believe that things don't, you know, they'll show themselves if you're not looking for it. And I do kind of feel that anybody that does a paranormal show, I think is kind of opened up to, uh, more possibilities of the ones that want to be known, at least, to give us something to talk about. You know what I mean? Get the greatest hits. They can make the greatest hits on the ghost. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Putting off, yeah, putting off the energy definitely, uh, I do think, attracts things. Like, even that guy that I talked to uh, uh, from Alaska, Fred Roll about yeah. Bigfoot, he said that, um, you know, they... He says they specifically call it the hairy man. Mm. They have they have these two names. He did mention the names, but the native names for them. It's like we don't use those names because they attract them to us. Mm. So we use hairy man when we try to discuss them. Although he did say it on my show, but yeah, that that's interesting. That kind of idea is out there that uh, there's certain things you could say or think that will attract that thing. It's like the Bloody Mary and the Candyman type thing a little bit. You say, yeah. you know. But yeah, I got down with that too. Like, Ray was telling me there's a name that there's supposedly like some name for the devil or something like that. You're not supposed to say. We're not gonna have Ray say it or whatever. But there is supposedly a name you're not supposed to say out loud, right, Ray, or something like that. 
Uh, yeah, there's stories about it. Yeah. Yeah, so on the very last episode of Mostly Ghostly, we're just going to have that name on repeat for an hour. <laughs> yeah, yeah we'll, we'll call that episode name calling. Yeah, we're going to bring down the world with us. So we'll, we'll go around every culture in the world that we can find that has a forbidden <laughs> name. Mm. We'll start reading them all off. That stuff's always very interesting to me with it, like, uh, and like with the seventh seal, like the deal, isn't there like a seal somewhere that hasn't been opened that when, if it, if it's opened or something like that, that's, that like is part of the end of the world type stuff. There are seven of them. Yeah. And depending upon who you listen to, some have been broken and some haven't. What kind of seals are these? Can you describe a seal? What does it look like? Uh, supposedly, it is, it's the renditions I've seen are similar to a document that has a seal put on it. Okay. Like a wax. That's what I was, yeah, that's what I was picturing. Yeah. Yeah. When that seal is broken, the curse that is contained in there is released. Uh, rivers run red. Um, ice falls from the sky, I think. Uh, I, I don't remember all seven of them. But fa- famine's another one. Yeah. Isn't there one, isn't there something that, um, you're not, that, that they have that you're not supposed to look at? And when people look at it, they die? Or is that a serious, like a fake thing I've heard? I don't know. There's so many stories, and that happens multicultural. I mean, it, it, it's more than one that I can't tell whether it's real or not. Yeah. Anything anything you look at and then you die, I say you should probably put some respect on its name because it's probably a uh, serious thing. Actually, if, you, if you're talking about looking at things, and I'm tempted to do this except that it might cause an accident. You gave me an idea. Uh-oh. I'm driving around at night, put the phone on my lap, but put the uh, flashlight. You can turn it into a flashlight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have it pointing up under my chin, driving around in the dark with that face silhouetted from underneath. Yeah. Pull it's up been... at a new section like that late at night and have someone else in another car. It was... Let's, see, let's see what they freak. Oh, for sure they freak. It doesn't take too much to freak people out, realistically. You just get them alone at night. On a, a street with not too many people on it, and even in just a regular stranger car could be an issue for, for somebody, you know. That's true. People are already on edge already, especially nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> Head on a swivel. And the original, now the original guy that reported the black eyed children, was that a showing up at his door thing? I think they were knocking on his door, right? And they I think he was—he was at a movie theater. I think, oh, uh, and he was in his car. Yeah. Yes. And they were more like teenagers too. Let me look it up real fast. They wanted to ride his... or something like that. Yeah. 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 Let me look it up because I got his name from ChatGPT. So his name was Brian Bethel. All right. Let me just see. Yeah, those like three of them. When we when we were talking, when we did that first episode, there was somebody who was telling a story. It might have been this dude Brian, and he was saying that like the way they came to the door, one of them was in charge, and then like there was one of them that looked really nervous. Like even though they were black eye, like it wasn't just an you would you would assume it'd be an intimidating 
situation. You look out there and there's just three kids staring at you through the eye hole, you know what I mean? But apparently it was it was more like act, dealing with actual group of teenagers that just happen to have black eyes. But he did get a weird vibe, of course. But um, nowadays, it's like a goth that you can do black eyes like Rob Zombie or something. Right. Like I said, there are contexts that could do it now. But I'm pretty sure they're super uncomfortable, and mm-hmm. I don't think you can even. You, I don't think you can see well out of them, and they're probably expensive. No. So yeah, I'm just trying to like think practically. Um, okay, so here's the original article. Okay. Written by it was written in 2013. It's called Brian Bethel recounts his possible paranormal encounter with BEKs, and let me just kind of skim to it, try to get to where he talks about what happened. Let's see. Okay, so it says, near as I can figure this happened in 1996. I've managed to pin down the date so far. I feel like it happened in the spring or summer uh, since he remembers wearing a pair of shorts. But one of his great regrets was not recording the date. Mm. Okay. Um, I had gone down to the former site of Camelot Communications, one of the area's original internet providers, to make, pay my bill. At the time, Camelot was located on North First Street uh, near the movie theater. He was using the light of the theater's marquee to write on my check, uh, which he was going to put in the night box for the Camelot Internet Provider. Um, he said uh, he was involved in his work. He never heard them approach. There was a knock on my driver's side window. Two young boys, somewhere between the age of 9 to 12, and they were dressed in hooded pullovers. They stood outside the door. I cracked the window open a bit, anticipating a spiel for money, but I was immediately gripped by an incomprehensible fear, soul-wrecking fear. Hmm. I was—I had no idea why. Okay, so he was right off the bat. He was scared. He didn't even know why. Uh, a, con- a conversation ensued between one boy, a somewhat suave, olive-skinned, curly-headed young man, and myself. The other was a redhead, a pale-skinned, freckled young man. And he stayed in the background. He said the spokesperson, the, the guy with the curly hair, uh, he told them that it, they, him and his companion, companion needed a ride. They, they said they wanted to go see the movie Mortal Kombat. Great movie, by the way, the original. Mortal Kombat, yeah. But they have to. But they had left their money at their mother's house. Could I give them a ride? So that's interesting. So these kids were dressed in a contemporary way, you know, like a hood. They weren't dressed like in old timey clothes. Yeah. They were even talking about a movie. Like they were up to date with the latest movie. You're right. That's pretty interesting. So he says that was plausible enough. But all throughout the exchange, he, he kept having the irrational fear increase and grow. He had, I had no reason to be frightened by the two boys, but I was terribly. A bit more conversation. I looked up at the theater marquee and down at the clock displayed in the car. Uh, Mortal Kombat's last show was at uh, night of the night had already started. By the time I could have driven the boys anywhere and back, it would have practically have been over. Uh, uh, so all the say all the while that curly haired boy was like trying to reassure him it won't take long. They were just two little kids. They didn't have a gun or anything. Um, he said, "I noticed my hand had strayed toward the lock on my door. I pulled it away, perhaps a little too violently. Uh, in the short time I had broken the gaze of the spokesperson, something had changed, and my mind exploded in a vortex of all-consuming terror." Okay, that's interesting. So he was looking at him. But he hasn't mentioned the black eyes yet. Like, did he not see? That'd be a big deal, yeah. Uh, both boys stared at me with coal black eyes. 
the sort of eyes one sees in those in, uh, sees these days on aliens mm. or bargain basement vampires. Yeah. Soulless orbs like two great swaths of starless nights. I did what any rational person would do. I full-on freaked out inside while trying to appear completely sane and calm. I apologized to the kids. I made whatever excuse came to mind. And then, let's see what he says. He wrapped his hand around the gear shift, threw the car in reverse, got out of there. He says, the last words of the kid full of anger echo in his mind even today. He said, we can't come in unless you tell us it's okay. Let us in. Interesting. That's va- very vampire right there. Yeah. Textbook, textbook vampire, yeah. Yeah, that's about that's about that's so that's that's that original story. So that's interesting. There were two of them. One of them was dark haired and curly, one of them was pale skinned and red hair. They had hoods on, so they were dressed like regular kids. I wonder where the folklore with the vampire that came from of where it has to be invited in, because I'm sure it's connected, you know, wherever that comes from with that. Right. Well, I I, I said earlier that it could be that that, that vampire stuff, it could be that they don't want to come in. That's an excuse. So so what what they actually want is to keep you scared for as long as possible. And so by... If they so they can go in your house if they wanted to, they could get in there and grab you and shake you around and slap you. But if they did that, if they were that close, potentially they could get stabbed. You know, the person could pass out from fear. They could get hurt, and you know, all they really want is to fear. So perhaps that's a lie they say because they don't want to go in. They want to keep you scared, and that's like a barrier, an artificial barrier they're making. You almost give it's almost like you're giving they're giving the the victim too much control because if you're saying you have to let us in, you're almost letting them know, well, if I tell you not to come in my car, maybe you're not going to come in my car or maybe you're not going to follow me home type deal. You know, it takes a little bit of like the the danger away from them in a way. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Uh, It could also work the opposite way. I mean, if someone's outside of my car and stuff like that and says, you don't have to let me in. Back of my mind goes, I wasn't thinking about that. You, <laughs> it's kind of like, oh, what, what, what do you mean I don't have to? I wasn't going to offer. I ought to automatically go on alert. Yeah. Right. So it's kind of, kind of almost, to me, it's almost like a freak out point where these creepy kids are there, they got black eyes and they start saying things like, you have to let us in. That's putting you over the edge right into that deep fear. I mean, you're you're more worried about getting like you know jumped and robbed, I think, than a spiritual thing. You know what I mean? Getting your energy drained. You're like, why is that guy nervous in the background while I'm talking to his friend? You know what I mean? Like, so maybe the maybe it is a trick. You know, maybe it is to get the people like, what 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 is going on here? Like, what what is going on? I'm I'm like I'm I'm starting to get worried. What's going on? You know what I mean? And if I could play devil's advocate for this case, um, you know, since they look like regular kids, maybe they were kids with contacts on, just black contacts, just out for a joke. But, I mean, I guess there's some weird things, though. Yeah, it's weird because he says he was scared immediately. Mm. Yeah. And he said it was, he describes the terror as, like, really uh, disproportionate to what's going on, you Mm. know? So maybe that's, yeah, because I'm taking him at his face value, okay? So whatever he says, he felt... Whatever he saw is true. 
But now I'm trying to think of it. Is it just some kids pranking him? Because he could still be being honest. It's just, yeah. The fact is, like, what are the kids? But, yeah, uh, the one thing that wouldn't make sense is why would he have that sphere? Because, yeah, if two 12-year-old kids approached me, I would be uneasy or suspicious. But he said it was, like, white-knuckle fear. Like, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have that much fear. It's very weird, especially when they're talking about seeing a movie. You're like, like everything kind of makes sense for them to be there. They they need a ride back to the house, but it's all, it's like awkward and weird, but like not out of the question. This was, what was this, the nineties? 1996. Yeah. 96 things were, I guess, a little bit better than they are now. I guess I don't know. Maybe not. Um, maybe you would ask a stranger to give you a ride. I don't know. I, I even feel like at that time that might be a little uh, questionable thing to do, but, um, yeah, because they're, they're they're coming off. They're they're looking for help. It's a very it is. It's they're trying to be not threatening for sure, um, but I think maybe even a little too much because unless it was a situation where as soon as they got in the car with them, it was over. You know what I mean? It was like like they just like that heaviness to be felt when they were outside of the car. If it was just like crippling you know what i mean once they were inside and who's to say that that that's not like a situation that would go down when you're with an entity that they just kind of they get with you they lay a heaviness on you that you are paralyzes you you can't do anything you know what i mean almost like a mind control thing like i said i just looked it up so you can't buy black contact lenses or they're like 80 Mm dollars i'm gonna put it up to the camera i'm not sure how well they could see but i mean they look like um, yeah. they, they do they're called scleral lenses so they're, they're a type of lens that does cover the, the majority of your eye so here's somebody with one uh, I'll try to make this bigger yeah so there's with with and without yeah so yeah it's 80 bucks you could, you could get their look so I don't know how those have been around since the 90s probably it's not like high technology or anything I know that, like, when they did the Evil Dead movies in, like, the early 80s, mid-80s, when they, the contacts they used for them were, like, very uncomfortable, thick. By 96, by 96, they might be a little more uncomfortable, but I feel like that's, like, the goth time when goth was really starting to kind of move into the high schools and stuff, and you'd see stuff like girls with, like, black contacts. Like, I remember a time in high school when there was, you know, like, kind of the goth crowd would they would have different colored eyes you know what i mean that'd be part of their look so it's possible but then it's just it almost brings it to the era of jackass where you're like for no reason at all you're messing with these people for your own enjoyment for like your own laugh you know what i mean like if it's if it's teen if it's actual teenagers doing it like that's comedic that's kind of funny that they just like Put this dude's life completely changed his life in one night with a practical <laughs> joke, you know what I mean? But yeah. <laughs> like, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I I vibe with it more being like a. I think it's. I think it'd be more of a, a ghoulish entity than like real teenagers doing it just for laughs. I mean, unless it was just for laughs, I couldn't see them just doing it to like. And if it was the first time, it was if it was the first time that. That's something like that's kind of been mentioned that it's not really like they had anything to copycat or go off of, you know what I mean? And say, oh, I heard about this thing. Let's dress up like this. But in 96, I'm trying to think of some of the bands that were in. 
And it's I mean, like I think Marilyn Manson, I'm sure was Manson, around. Yeah, Marilyn Manson was probably in his heyday around this time. This was a couple of years before Slipknot kind of came to town. But like definitely Marilyn Manson, you hit the nail right on the head right there. He's probably the perfect candidate for a musical artist for why somebody would be doing that. You know, and Manson has his own he's got like he pushes he was pushing that demonic energy type stuff. That was like kind of his gimmick, you know what I mean? Absolutely. So it's I could definitely see his fans getting on board with messing with people, for sure. Yeah, the 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 black eyed people are very interesting things, you know. This deal, I'd be very curious to see what actually happened. It could, I, I do think that it could have been something that could have been like a, a gag pulled on the dude, but it could have been the fact that they're so innocent and they're looking for help. It almost doesn't make there's like really no rhyme or reason to it. All they really did was creep him out with the with the way he looked, but outside of that, there wasn't like. The, I guess if you want to say they, they kicked off the whole kind of lore of it and the fact that we're talking about it now is still giving energy to it, you know what I mean? It could, you know, sure. you know it could be something like that. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that I just thought about, about eyes, I was like, why, why do they just change their eyes? I'm thinking about how a lot of, um, I watch a lot of like uh, visual effects uh, videos or people that make special effects for movies, you know? Yeah. And a lot of them, they talk about how difficult, well, how important it is to get the eyes in a, a CGI person and how hard it is mm-hmm. and how a lot of the early CGI, it was so hard to copy the eye, to get the eye. So I'm wondering if these are shapeshifters, perhaps that's why the eyes are black. It's because that is the hardest thing to shapeshift. Maybe that's too much, you know? Well, I, I get in, you were talking about the eyes of the gateway to the soul. I mean, I definitely get down to be a shapeshifter and if shapeshifter don't have a soul or it maybe if it's, if it's a negative one, maybe that's why it's black and you don't, you can't see into its soul because there is a one, you know what I mean? Right. But I think there's something up. There's definitely something up with them for sure. Yeah. Uh, like I said, the only good thing, I guess, if you consider it good, is the rarity. To me, they seem to be incredibly rare, even more rare than Bigfoot. I, I've, I've heard a lot. I mean, I've talked to more Bigfoot witnesses than I have black-eyed children mm-hmm. so or black-eyed people. Uh, but, you know, it's hard with these paranormal things because it's like when I mention how rare they are, really what I'm, not, what I'm really saying is I'm not saying how rare they are. Yeah. I'm saying how rare the reports of them are. Because it could be that people are seeing them all the time, but if they don't talk about it, then nobody's ever going to find out. What do, you, what, do you, what do you think the reality of how just where fashion's gone with like when emo kids black out their eyes and stuff like how much do you, do you think it's just like it's not a big deal like they, they'll see some kids walk by them or approach them with black eyes and they go just a fashion statement you know what I mean they, they didn't do they just maybe they creep me out a little bit but that's what they were going for with their contacts you know what I mean I think a lot of it probably go, falls to the wayside because of situations like that um, that's funny though. That's true. That's funny, but true. But yeah, in our modern times, uh, something like that, you need a little more to catch somebody off guard than just some black eyes. Especially like you said, if it's a younger generation. Yeah. I mean, there's people walking around with ball bearings under their skin and horns yeah. in their head. Like black eyes aren't nothing anymore. You know what I mean? Right. The other thing I noticed is I, some people do this in, um, the only people I've seen that done this are yeah. in prison. But they'll tattoo their eyes. Oh, so if if you tattoo your eye, it'll just turn your eye completely black. 
Really? Yeah. yeah. Well, that's dedication. That's dedication. Yeah. So let me, let me try to pull up a picture of that. Like yeah. That, so you can see. And that's a permanent thing. Oh, for sure. Yeah. They don't got to worry about interviews anymore. Except that for, also, yeah. Uh, so that also just reminds me of um, that. Uh, <laughs> I think some cannibal. I don't know if it was Jeffrey Dahmer. He said he didn't eat tattooed people because they made the the, the skin taste weird. It made the meat taste weird. Yeah. So I was like, it's like a deterrent to uh, it's a, a cannibalism deterrent. There, get get a, get tatted up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, I think this person is. Let me see. I want to make sure this person is actually tattooed their eyes. And it's not a, uh, says another person has lost their sight because of the growing fat of eyeball tattoos. I've seen, all, I've seen all the pit. I've never seen anybody. Actually, I can't say that in, in horror conventions. I've seen people live in the part like that, but I don't think I've ever walked by anybody in everyday regular life that was all done up like that with the bearings or the spikes or like the rings all through their face and stuff and all that good stuff. Even face. So, yeah. Okay, so yeah, this this girl's got her. Uh, let me see if I could get it. Yeah, so, I would be. My fear levels would be up if she wrote, <laughs> if she ran up to my car. Okay, here's another one. I think this person got their eye tattooed. Yeah, okay. This one got one of their eyes tattooed versus not the other. So yeah, yeah that, that. Yeah, that'll give you the look. Yeah. You know what. A tattoo on your arm is permanent. That's one thing. You can go tattoo your eye. I don't know if that's, that's, that's a little, that's a little, that's some extra, extra right there. I don't know. Yeah. Here's just another one. So yeah. So another way to get the look. Steal the look. Black eyed person look. <laughs> If they didn't, yeah. if they, if both of them didn't have the eyes, I'd almost because you know when you pop like a blood vessel in your eye, it can kind of do that too. Um, maybe they smoked a lot of weed and they got soup. They they went reverse. They went black blood, old blood, and it was uh, pr- problematic for them. Um, you know, it's funny. Uh, this is reminding me of like you know we're talking about. Which is an important topic is like, yeah. you know, we're not questioning the witnesses, but we're like, what is what happened to them really weird? Or is it just like a normal thing? Like the black eyed people? Like, is that just like um, pranksters? Because I have a similar incident mm-hmm. that happened to me. I, I don't know if I mentioned the other episode, but I was I was at a research station, I think in 2016, in the middle of the woods. Uh, it was a beautiful little house I was staying in just for scientists. It was all to myself. The town was like a one-horse town. It only had one little convenience store. Middle of the woods, you know, out, out my front door, I could see, like, every single star in a night sky. It was so beautiful. But it was December, and it was so lonely. So during the daytime, I would have fun. But at nighttime, I would get scared and lonely and cold. My only friend was this, like, cockroach to live in the bathroom. Yeah. Like, you and me, we're, like, the only two living things in this cabin, buddy. Like, uh, I don't want you to go anywhere. He was in there because it was cold, I think. He was a he was, he was a big native roach. He wasn't, like, one of these German uh, invasive. No, he was a beautiful American roach. Did you name him? Uh, no, I didn't. I did not name him. I, I tried to feed him mango, but he didn't like it. <laughs> but, yeah, I should have named him. But um, one of these nights, 
I was talking about UFOs. <laughs> UFOs were in the news. Uh, the ATIP stuff had just come out, you know, the secret government program about UFOs. So anyway, one night I got this phone call. And here's the thing, okay? I, I still don't know if this phone call. Part of me thinks I was called by two non-humans. Mm-hmm. I think two goblins or aliens or something called me. But the other part of me is like, are these just people prank calling me? But anyway, let me explain what happened. So I answered the phone. And I like immediately I was like thrown off, you know, from the first word they told me because I couldn't understand them. I didn't understand what they were saying. So I was listening and I was like, okay, uh, I was like, okay, this guy's a foreigner. He's not speaking English, no speak English. And so I was like, uh, he's speaking French, Nigerian. So I was like, oh, sorry, I don't understand. He kept talking. Okay. But then I noticed the tone of the voice. Okay. The tone of a voice did not sound human, just not human. It did not sound like a male female no it was sexless sexless it's like closest i could say it sounds like what a goblin would be like a trickster Hmm. you saw a little trickster goblin little gnome running around with like green skin crooked nose that's what it sounded like and then his buddy came on another one came on the phone so it was a three-way call right and they started talking to each other in this weird language and they started laughing and i felt like they were laughing at me i was scared the whole time going back i was feared i was super scared going back i wish i wasn't scared because that was awesome. This was a very long experience. Yeah. It, if it was paranormal, it lasted like five minutes. It was long. That's a long time. And I had direct contact. I wish I could have been chill and be like, oh, like joke with him and try to engage. But no, I was scared because I was alone. You know, the context, it was nighttime. I was alone. I was already scared. But yeah, I started listening to it and I realized what was happening. The, this is what they, the language they were speaking. It was all English words. Okay. Every word was English. However, it was all jumbled up and didn't make any sense. You know what I mean? And it was in this weird tone, right? So it had the rhythm. It wasn't like start and stop. It was like a naturally flowing conversation. But it was in a weird language that was made of broken English, weird English words, and the tone of the voices were weird. Hmm. Uh, They they were laughing, though. They did laugh. They had that weird laugh. Anyway, I was freaking out, and I really thought I was going to get abducted. So I was like, uh, I have to do something to save myself. Like I've been in similar situations in the woods, in these woods, where I got myself into some trouble situation and I had to get out. Like I've been lost in the woods. I had to like compose myself. And, and I was like, I got to get out of these woods. I'm not going to die here. I'm not going to be bitten by a snake. I'm not going to drown. Yeah. One time I got caught in some quicksand and I was like, okay, I'm not going to die in the quicksand. I'm going to get myself out of this. And this is so one of those things happening. And okay, I'm here in the woods. Two goblins are calling me. I got to get myself out of this. <laughs> Every time something happens. So so my plan was like, okay, I'm going to listen to the conversation very closely. And I'm just going to try to memorize something they're saying. And then I'm going to say it back to them. That's that's my plan. I was like, that's all I got, baby. I don't know what else to do. <laughs> so I started listening. And since it's been several years, it's probably not 100% right. But what I remember they said and what I told them uh, what I remember they said was, uh, uh, where's the bucket Leroy? That's what I think they said. Where's the bucket Leroy? I mean, hmm. that in itself doesn't sound that weird, you know, but I guess that was one phrase among many phrases they were just throwing at me. And it was in that weird goblin voice. Where's the bucket Leroy? So I was like, okay, all right, let's play. So I started telling them, I was like, hey, where's the bucket Leroy? And I started screaming it at them. And I remember I ran out of the house. I guess it was on my cell phone. It was nighttime, all like dark. I started screaming, you know, in the darkness. I was like, where's the bucket? (laughs) Eventually they got all quiet and they hung up on me. And I felt like I had won a little bit something. 
Mm. Although looking back, I don't think I won anything. I think I lost. I wish I would have been cool. I wish I would have been calm. That's why one of my advices to anybody interested in the paranormal is always be prepared for the paranormal because it, it could happen at any time. Mm. Always be prepared for it so you don't freak out, so you don't get that element of surprise. Because that's what happened to me. Like it was a random time. I was just probably chilling on the bed, looking at the ceiling, and I got the call. And uh, if I could go back, I would. Um, I would have been a lot different. I would have been calmer. Anyway, I look at that experience and I'm like, okay, is that paranormal or not? Are they just two people that called me and prank mm-hmm. called me? And then you go down the rabbit hole. I'm like, okay, well, why, why wouldn't they just prank call me in English with regular words? You know, like, well, okay, I, I get the voice. Okay, so they both were using a voice modulator. Okay, that's that sounds fine. But then I was like, the language, okay, the, this weird made-up English. The other thing about that weird English language is that there's been accounts of people who see a UFO craft. They see a mm. UFO land, the UFO, the occupant get out, it, they look like a human, they look like whatever, and they talk to them in the same language that I experienced. It's like a broken, weird English. So was, that's been reported. Yeah, because when you were saying that, I was like, I wonder if it's something where, like, almost – like it didn't fully download in their brain how to talk like human yet. So they just, the words were there, but they didn't really know how to put them together type deal. You know, it's true. It's true. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the other thing is that this area is known for paranormal activity. So it's a, it's a, it's a natural preserve in the woods in Texas. And I, I've recorded UFO landing cases. Um, I mean, I, I recorded it from someone who, who it happened to their mother. It happened to their mother. So it's a, a secondhand case. I guess I'll go say that story anyway. Um, a good friend of mine, she said this happened to her mother and grandmother in that in that area. She said they were driving around, the mother and grandmother. Uh, they saw a landed UFO on the side of the road, okay? The mother, which was a young woman at the time, she was like, I, I'm going to go out and look at it. And her mother, my friend's grandmother, was like, no, do not go out and look at it. So the, the mother was like, I guess she did it. She got out and looked at it. And then that's where the story ends because my friend says, uh, yeah, my grandma's told me the story, my mom's told me the story, but they never tell me what happened afterwards. They refused it. Like she, she says, my grandmother was on her deathbed, and I, I was begging her. I was like, please tell me what happened afterwards when you got close to the Europe, when, when your daughter, my mom, got close to her. So I'm guessing it's negative. I'm guessing it's not something yeah. happy happened. Uh, but there's also a road really close to where I was staying called Ghost Road, where a lot of people see orbs of light. The whole area is covered in Bigfoot sightings and also Dogman sightings. So yeah, that's just a paranormal hotspot. So, so yeah, okay. So, like you said, you know, I am leaning more toward the fact that they were non-humans, and I was having a pretty cool conversation. Yeah. Um, but if they were just people prank calling me, I guess they would have to know me, not know me. Uh, they would have to have downloaded a voice modulator. But then the language thing, like I don't know. Like I guess it's possible to just. If, like, me and you were going to do it to, um, uh, let's say, Ray. I'm sorry to pick on you, Ray, but let's say me and you, let's just try to plan this out. So me and you, we got Ray's phone number. We pick a day where we know he's going to be alone, nighttime. We download our voice modulators. We call them, okay? So you think it'd be possible for us to just be like, okay, let's just say gibberish to him. You think that would, is that possible? Like, you think that'd be a, a good way to prank somebody? No, I mean, because it, it doesn't make sense, you know what I mean? I think you, you pick the you pick the sense out of it. Like, the whole thing with the – I do think it was shuffled up. Like, that thing about a shuffled voice, it's almost like maybe they were being fed what to say, 
but they didn't say it appropriately. Like I, I, I think there's a situation like that because it's like every, I think every, every species has its own way of communicating and, you know, the, the advanced one would know, could kind of, I don't know who would give that. The, someone's got the, 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 the book. Someone's got that big book open of, uh, of language skills or whatever. But I definitely, I get down with that, with it being something like that. And that's the most interesting part that makes me think that it actually is not people doing it is the fact that it was like that, that broken English. Cause I do think that, yeah, I do think there was like a, a shuffle, almost a shuffle going down. Yeah, the, 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 a couple of other things to, about the story. Yeah. Well, one thing, have you guys seen, there's this excellent alien movie called Under the Skin. Have you guys seen Under the Skin? Yeah. How about I, you, Ray? No. Have you seen it? Nope. I recommend you watch it. It's got Scarlett Johansson in it, and you get to see her fully naked. That's just <laughs> a little little cherry on top. But uh, she plays an alien, and the movie's all about, like, abductions and aliens. It's It's one of the best movies made about aliens. It's a horror movie. Yeah. Called under under the skin, but in the, if you remember uh, Matthew in the beginning of the movie, you hear the Scarlett Johansson alien character, and she's just saying random words. She's like window, window, black, blue, and I think you know that's what's happening. She's downloading all these words, like you're saying. You know, she's kind of learning to be human. The other thing is that whatever, if it was something paranormal and it was from that area, I think it knew me pretty well because. Uh, that I had been there for a month and that month I had been in the woods studying, but I, I, I made a whole career out of this area. I've published research there. I've been all over it. So all the paranormal entities, I'm pretty sure they know me. They've seen me. I, I've explored all of that area. I've been deep in the woods and I think they also like me. I think they respect me because I, when I'm out there, I'm respectful. I give tours to people like kids. I show them I'm collecting insects to study them and publish them. Like I care about the area. Yeah. So uh, I think I, they, they know I'm not like a bad guy. So if it is a paranormal thing, I think I was on this thing's radar or these two things. I was on their radar. They they saw me and they were just like, uh, let's let's call them up. Let's let's talk to them. And unfortunately, it did not go the way they planned, or maybe it did go the way they planned. Uh, what's, your, um, what's your opinion of you tuning into that? Like you thought there was phones, but it was really just a mental connection that happened between the three of you. Oh, interesting. So, so it did happen. So it happened, but there wasn't phones. It was like telepathic. Oh, okay. That could be. But you just, you just figured it was phone because that's, you know, that's how you would Uh communicate. So you figured that's how you communicated with them. It's true. Yeah. Yeah, Almost like a screen memory, maybe kind of like to make it a little more palatable. Yeah. Like make the experience a little less traumatic. However, you know, it's still there, you know, like yeah. the weirdness of it. Uh, another weird thing is that, um, okay, there's this book. Let me get it down. Have you guys heard of this book called uh, The Secret Cipher of the Euphonauts? I haven't, no. Okay, no. let me look it up for us to, to uh, talk about it. Because this has to do with um, my story. Yeah. Okay, so let me just, because uh, I want to credit the author. Okay. Uh, okay, yeah, so it's 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 a book called... The Secret Cipher of the Euphonauts, and it's by Ellen Greenfield, okay? Uh, let's see. Let me just try to give a little more details before I tell the story. Okay, so here's here's the uh, what the book description is. For decades, rumors have circulated that the UFO phenomenon is somewhat directly linked to occultism. Now, veteran ufologist Ellen Gre- Greenfield 
provides startling proof of this connection, going beyond speculation. Secret cipher of the Ufonauts takes the heart of the UFO mystery with a discovery of a hidden cipher used by the Ufonauts, contactees, uh, occult adepts, and their secret chiefs. This volume places a tool in your hands, giving you the ability to reproduce a solution yourself and trace the UFO mystery directly to its startling source. Okay. Basically, what's supposed to happen is when you get a message from a UFO, you're supposed to use a cipher to get the true message, to translate it, okay? Now, this other guy, I, I'm sorry I can't credit him, but this other guy made a website where you just, you don't have to read the book, you just type in your phrase, and it gives you an answer. So the way it works is you type in your phrase, and it gives you like 10 answers based on the book. So I did that. I typed in, where's the bucket, Leroy? What's very interesting <laughs> is that uh, maybe the top third response, uh, I don't. I have it in my lap, uh, tablet over there, but it's, it's going to take me a few minutes to get it. I'll give you the gist of it. The message said, the translation was, uh, it was saying uh, UFOs are coming and they're going to be uh, cubes inside spheres. Cubes inside spheres. It was very direct. Hmm. And come, come to find out that there's a lot of reports out there of the military on the east and west coast seeing and photographing UFOs that are uh, cubes inside spheres. Or I don't know if it's the other way around, spheres inside cubes. I think it's cubes and spheres. Yeah. Anyway, so that was weird. So that's a kind of, is that a coincidence? You know, that, that, that one little phrase, that's what it translates to. So it's like, like you're saying, maybe like the translation wasn't going through. Yeah. Maybe they were trying to tell me that this cipher clears it up. But yeah, they were trying to tell me that these UFOs are coming, which they have come. I haven't seen one, but they are being reported. And that's what they look like. So it's, it's another weird thing. That reminds me, I heard this great theory that uh, UFOs are really demons, and it kind of makes sense because you do uh, like all the like the all the the word the the bad worshiping throughout the years. You know, the belief it's almost like if you can believe, you see these things, and you you believe they're aliens and not actual demonic forces that like you know. They want you to think childhood thinking, thinking there's demonic stuff out there. You know what I mean? Um, you know, the same way of like with the alien thing where people go, well, if there's aliens, then there really can't be a God type thing, like that argument. So like, it, it's a very interesting theory of like how the whole alien thing or demons, it's kind of a, we'll, we'll talk, we'll tap into that again, because I love that topic. You know what I mean? We're going to bring wild trees on and talk about angel demons, baby. I love it. Nice. But, uh, yeah, to go back to what you were saying, like, yeah, I definitely think, yeah, I'm definitely vibing with that. You know, and to go in that grandmother thing, like, I think that they, the aliens said, don't, don't tell nobody what you've seen. And that's, that's why this, the story stopped at when they approached, because when they approached, they were, they probably seen something or like either aliens or maybe government people or like men, oh. maybe men in black people or like, if you tell anybody you're dead, like, and your family's dead. So maybe don't do it. And then there, you put the fear of God in them, you, you know, the, the ultimate decision, the plug puller, you know what I mean? I think so. It might not even have been alien. It could have been the G-Men, you know what I mean? That's true. I, I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Tricky, tricky biz. But yeah. 
Well, what's also interesting about those woods is like there's a lot of Bigfoot reported. Yeah, there's just there's just one area where it's where I got lost. I, I did a lot of research there. I got lost there. I actually found a new species of beetle in that area. So that area is very bio rich. But that area is known for Bigfoot. I at the time I found this out after I was done working there. But that area, that very specific area of the woods where I was, is crazy known for Bigfoot. There's also a little inner Indian reservation right next door to it. My friend said that maybe a lot of these Bigfoot are just, because they're close to Indian reservations, maybe they're just like Indian people that haven't, uh, Native American people that are still like with the old customs, you know. Yeah. But either way, what I'm trying to say is that I'm pretty sure I've had a reverse Bigfoot sighting. So what I mean by reverse is like I didn't see a Bigfoot. I'm pretty sure Bigfoot saw me. Mm. Like Because I've done so much work in this heavily Bigfoot area. I have to believe Bigfoot have seen me. A lot of them have seen me. And I guess they just left me alone. Like I said, I think they could sense my vibes. They're like, oh, this guy, what is he doing? He's just getting bugs, you know? Okay, That's, that sounds fine. Me too. He's a guy after my own heart, he says. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. I get bugs all day, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I heard something recently about fungus, which was interesting, where it's – uh they were saying, like, you know, fungus, a lot of the time will get, get in and, and like, uh, almost, like, paras- parasitic to its host, where, like, it kind of takes over the brain. And it, it, as it, like, as as the, the entity decays, it, like, it gives it its own skin or something like that. Um, and they said that humans are pretty, they don't really have to worry about it because of our body temperature. Uh, but, like, they, but, like, in the future, I guess if things get crazy with the heat or whatever, it could be something that we could have, it could happen with us. And when you think of like the fungi in the woods and stuff, uh, you know, same thing with the trees and you breathe the oxygen, it's almost like, um, you know, I wonder if there was a trip, if there was like some type of trip going on, you know, the fungi, it'd become, it'd be one with the earth. I've always believed that the earth, you know, as we know, the earth is a living thing and humanity is not the best thing for the earth. So like, It'll have, it would eventually try to kill us, like chemo us off. We're kind of like cancer on the earth. Um, and like fungi could be the future. People don't, aren't thinking, but fungi could be what actually takes out humanity. You know what I mean? We'll see. Yeah, that's really cool, man. I got two things that, that, that made me think about. One is that maybe think about this research experiment that I did in college. I actually, I, my friend had to do a project for a class and I guess he liked me. He knew I was a good scientist. So, he asked me to help him with it. So I basically developed the idea and the procedures and helped him do it. And he just wrote the paper. I didn't mind though. I, I didn't, I mean, I, it was fun for me. Oh, yeah. So my idea was like, okay, I'm in the woods all the time. I was like, I wonder if, uh, I wonder if I'm being, I wonder how much bacteria I'm being exposed to in the woods. Right. So what we did basically is for like, I think for three weeks for a certain, certain amount of time, uh, me and him, so it was two people, we would swab the inside of our uh, elbow right here, okay? Yeah. So we would swab it and we would grow it on a plate, uh, a bacteria plate, you know? And then we would uh, take pictures of it and see how much bacteria was there, right? So we could kind of categorize it based on shape and size and quantity. So I did that for myself. He did it for himself, uh, you know, three days before the experiment, okay? We went into the woods um, this like research station at our university and we went hiking and we went through the woods, through the woods. And then we took, uh, new samples while the woods and then while, um, in the middle of the woods and then after the woods and we grew it. And yeah, the results were, yeah, you, we were collecting a lot of forest bacteria. So the air in the forest is full of 
of spores and bacteria and who knows what. So that made me think about that. So, cause so what I was thinking about, I was like, okay, what if, you know, I love looking at new species, you know? And I was like, uh, it seems like whenever I study animals, I keep going smaller and smaller and smaller. I started off with these beetles. Yeah. They were like maybe that big or as big as your pinky nail. Then I moved on to a tardigrade, a little water bear, which is like microscopic. You need a microscope to see it. Uh, and now I'm like bacteria, which is even smaller. The reason I keep getting smaller is because it's easier to get more of them if they're smaller, right? So my idea for the project was like, well, what if I went into the rainforest and part of my project was like, I want to find new species of bacteria that could maybe make a new antibiotic or something new. But it's like, what if I don't want to use all this equipment and all this bullshit, you know? I was like, well, what if I just use my body, you know? Like, well, yeah. my idea is, what if I just go to the rainforest? I don't have to have any crazy equipment. All I do is when we're done, we just swab everybody's skin and bingo, bango, you can find a new species. Like, literally the yeah. easiest thing. And based on this study, yes, that's true. You That is a value. That is a legit method. You can't collect bacteria and potentially find a new species that way. Uh, so that's interesting. Like you said, yeah. You, so when you're in the woods, you are being exposed. You are taking in all kinds of uh, bacteria, living things. Uh, I think your body is probably equipped to handle most of them. Uh, you know, you have filtered systems when you breathe in through your nose, it filters out a lot of stuff. But the other thing is um, zombies. Okay. Here's the thing. Um, yeah. You know, the walk, the walking, uh, the walking dead's out. Yeah, of course. A night of the living dead. Actually, you know, the best, probably the best horror movie I ever seen. It's the, this is three things. It's the best horror movie I ever seen. The best zombie movie I ever seen. And the best Stephen King movie I've ever seen, even though it's not a Stephen King movie. Okay. Like, it's, it's not written by Stephen King, but the, the movie is, like, the best Stephen King movie. It's called Day of the Dead. Okay. Have you ever seen Day of the Dead? Oh, yeah. George yeah. Romero. I met the director, George yeah. Romero. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, that's yeah. awesome. I love that movie. To me, I mean, you've seen, don't you think that's, like, the perfect Stephen King story? Like, the characters? It's very the, King-like, yeah. Yeah, the characters are, like, evil. They're messed up. There's a lot of desperation. The dialogue is funny but in a dark way to me like there's no better Stephen King movie than the Day of the Dead even yeah. though Stephen King did not write it or direct it or anything it's still a Stephen they, King movie. they were very friendly at the time though Fun they were me. very friendly yeah if Steve, they, 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 be more bottom, there'd be more booze bottles in a Stephen King movie though his alcoholism would be showing he likes to put yeah. it on his films yeah. there was an alcoholic character in it though the, the oh, co-pilot yeah 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 he was actually yeah they were all yeah they were just, yeah. There is a lot of alcohol in that movie. So great movie. Okay, but but yeah, so all the zombie movies, and then the other zombie movie that just came out or the show is uh, The Last of Us, right? Yes. So The Last of Us talks about fungus uh, affecting humans, causing a, a, a zombie apocalypse. So yeah, I mean, like there is a fungus that attacks animals and turns them into zombies. But what I'm trying to say is that the 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 the, the threat of zombies is real in humans mm. uh it's ha- it's already starting it's a brewing up right under our noses but it's not fungus you know what it is is actually a prion disease it's called chronic wasting syndrome mm. okay so prions are uh proteins prions are actually fascinating themselves they're basically a protein which is like a you know a microscopic structure and what that protein does is that when it comes into contact with other normal uh, proteins, it sticks to them and it forces them to bend like itself. The prion itself is a zombie, actually. Now that I think of it, the prion is a protein that acts like a zombie. It comes into contact with another healthy protein and it forces it 
to become like it. And it goes on and on and on forever. And so in order to get rid of a prion disease, like mad cow disease, that's a prion disease, you have to eliminate every single one of those proteins. Because hmm. as long as one of those proteins is available, as soon as it comes in contact with another one, the, the, the you know, it blossoms. Anyway, that's the type of disease. It's funny. I just, I just realized that even the prion, not, not just that disease, but the type of disease it is, mimics a zombie in the hmm. way it replicates and it's hard to kill. But anyway, uh, chronic wasting syndrome, it happens in deer a lot. It's happening in North America and Europe in deer. So the deer will get it. And what will happen is the deer will become like zombies. Like they'll start drooling. You know, the, their body will start to waste away because they won't eat. They'll become aggressive. They'll start stumbling. They'll basically waste away. And it's highly contagious mm. to other deer. And if you go to the CDC website, there's the slightest little hint that they're saying that it hasn't happened yet, but it's possible that that disease can spread to a primate. Like a monkey, and it, it's only, if once it does that, it's only a matter of time before it gets yeah. to a human. So all you got to do is come in contact with the, some of the urine, the blood, uh, some of the fluid of this deer. So I don't think there's been any, any human reports of people getting it, but it's growing in deer. It's becoming a bigger problem in deer. It's spreading, and it's possible that it can go to humans, and it's very contagious, and it just turns you into a zombie. Like that's what it does. And so to me, that's the closest thing we have. And I think it's a legitimate fear we should have. But that's where it's coming from. It's coming from deer, from a prion disease. Hmm. It's not coming from a fungus. It's not coming from whatever else. Yeah. And the deer ticks. The ticks too. Demonic ticks. I'll show you the next episode. Demonic ticks. Ticks are bad, dude. I was talking to my, my, my co-host, Bobby. Bobby Dizzle. Uh, Bobby, Bobby Dizzle. Dizzle. Shout yeah, out Bobby Dizzle. Dizzle. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you've had him on, or he's had you on. Good man, both, both. Vice oh, okay, yeah. okay. I'm gonna rag on Bobby a little bit, but I was talking to a, a Bigfoot witness. Yeah, and we were talking about going to see him in Ohio, or not Ohio. Where, where does he live? Uh, Minnesota. Okay, Minnesota. Yeah, and yeah. I kept asking him about ticks. I was like, okay, what kind of ticks do you have? Ticks, ticks, ticks. And Bobby was like, I don't know, making fun of me. Maybe I misread it, but he's like, I don't care about no ticks. I'm not worried about ticks. Like. You know, like being nonchalant about ticks. But my thing is like, dude, it's not really the tick I'm worried about, dude. I'm not scared of ticks. I'm not terrified of a tick. Yeah. It's like they have Lyme disease, bro. Like Lyme, Lyme disease is a lifetime disease, dude. It's like I'm not scared of like – I'm not scared of sex. I'm scared of AIDS, you know. It's not like, oh, sex, scary. No, dude, it's the AIDS I'm scared of. It's the Lyme disease that the ticks have that I'm scared of. Yeah. So, yeah, that's why I'm worried. That's why I ask about ticks. I'm like, you know, do I have to be careful with ticks? Yeah, <laughs> sure. Ticks are no joke, man. We get them all over here. They suck. We oh, like, yeah. I got a dog recently, and the big one of the biggest tick magnets I've ever encountered in my life. Horrifying. We get them a collar. He's all set now. Good, yeah, good. I they just die, and we pick them up. <laughs> you know, but yeah. Man. Well, wild trees. This was a fantastic journey, brother. Yeah, man, I, I got a lot from you guys. Thank you. You taught me a lot this about the black eyed children. I like throwing away, I like throwing these questions out there and trying to dig deeper. We all definitely got some new perspectives. Yeah. We always have a blast with you. You brought up Bobby Dizzle. We're going to have to get both of you on here at the same time. The, oh, yeah. The universe is going to go. Right. And then I'll have to have uh, you and Bobby and Ray. Yeah. So all okay. of it on my show, too. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I was, yeah, I was going to say, I haven't done an episode in like three months, but 
I still, I still keep getting subscribers. And I told you about that that website I just started using last yeah. week, Opus.pro. Right. So I used Opus.pro and I made like 20, just with a couple of clicks, I made 20 little videos, uh, shorts. And it, it's gotten, those those videos have gotten like over 5,000 views already. And I didn't have to do, like the episode is already filmed. All I got to do is put in the website. It cuts up the, the artificial intelligence Artificial intelligence reads everything that's said in the episode. Yeah. It finds out what's the most trending. It puts it all together as a little 30, 60 second, 30 second video. It adds a text to it and it does, it gives you a title. It does everything. Man. So, yeah. I mean, we're going to yeah. be obsolete soon. It's going to be a scary deal. This yeah. is the fun part. The early parts is the cool part. Yeah, the cool part. I agree with you. <laughs> again, again, uncool. <laughs> it's gonna get uncool real fast yeah. but right now. It's all right. <laughs> well, we'll have a good view at least. That's all that matters. Yeah. And, well, Wild Trees, tell the folks where they can catch catch that 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 YouTube page. All right, man. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, I would love it if you guys subscribe to me. Um, you could just actually, I found out if you just go to Google and you just type in biologist Wild Trees, the first thing that comes up is my YouTube page. Um, but yeah, if you go to YouTube, you could also type in biologist wild trees or technically it's youtube.com forward slash the at symbol biologist wild trees. But I think just the easiest thing to do, uh, please subscribe. Just go to Google, type in biologist wild trees. It's the first thing that comes up. Just subscribe to that channel. And yeah, that'd be great. I've tried to get to, uh, you know, a thousand subscribers and get my watch hours up. I'm at like 347 subscribers and my watch hours at like right at 3000. So I just need a little bit more to get over that hump. So yeah, that four hundred hump. They say getting over that first four hundred hump is like the most the difficult, most difficult part. But yeah, go check out Wild Trees. Great videos, always entertaining. Yeah, great discussions, all types of good stuff. Hit the subscribe. We I can't tell people enough on every, anything, anything anybody supports. Follow or subscribe that the people will appreciate it, and you'll know exactly. You'll be, you'll get it immediately whenever anything comes out. So I'm definitely subscribe and follow. If you, if you support stuff, do that. You know, Ray, how you doing over there? I'm doing. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just happy we, we got to talk to you again. Hell yeah. Thank you. Yeah, me too. Yeah, we love the last screens. Yeah. Well, we'll have him back on soon. It's been like a season, I think. We're going to have you more on more often than. Once a season. All right. We'll I love it. That's what we like to do here. Ah. All right. Well, go check out Wild Trees. And uh, when you're done with that, check out more episodes of The Mostly Ghostly, wherever you're listening to this one, of course. And we got the uncut videos up on the Patreon at patreon.com backslash boombastic streaming for anybody that wants to go out that little extra extra. It's there for you. All right. And uh, we we hope everybody's well. And if you see any black-eyed people, <laughs> run in the other direction, but not into the woods, man. And if you do, cover the mouth. Don't be breathing them the, the fungi. <laughs> yeah. All right. And we'll catch all y'all on the next episode of Mostly Ghostly. Ghostly.